All right, it's been a long-awaited return for the end-to-end puck talk podcast. Uh, the current date is May 9th, and I'm here with Andrew Flager as always. Andrew, how's it going? Not bad, Thomas. Playoffs are still underway. Conference finals are coming up, so I'm looking forward uh, these these uh, series coming up. Yeah, obviously, conference finals big time. Uh, the winner goes to the Stanley Cup Finals from the East and the West. But first, we are going to talk about some hockey news, and we have some sad news to talk about. Uh, Andrew just mentioned that. Red Kelly, uh, a Maple Leafs and Red Wings legend, has passed away at the age of 91. He played on eight Stanley Cup winning teams during a 20-season NHL career, which earned him uh, his induction into the Hockey Hall of Fame. Red Kelly was a member of four Cup winning teams as a defenseman with the Detroit Red Wings in, uh, from 1947 to 1960 and four more years as a center with the Toronto Maple Leafs from 1960 to 1967. His eight championships are more than any player in NHL history who did not play for uh, the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, that's actually crazy. Did you see that? Like, he was defense on the Red Wings for and then, uh, four series. And, and, and then moved yeah. to center for the Maple Leafs. Yeah, that was, that was uh, it's pretty impressive. You don't see that very often. No, you see players from going from forward to defense, but you don't see uh, players going from defense to centerman. The opposite, so, yeah. Yeah, that's obviously sad news, and yeah, he will be remembered. Uh, moving on to another other news in the NHL, this actually another Red Wings legend, probably Ken Holland was the uh, GM of the Red Wings. He is now the new GM of the Edmonton Oilers, so he will be taking over those duties. Um, he said a lot of things during his press conference that happened, I think, a day ago or two days ago. Um, he's eyeing the playoffs for next year for the Edmonton Oilers, which is a big surprise considering uh, the makeup of the roster right now. It's not looking good. Um, he's finding a new coach. Uh, he announced that Ken Hitchcock will not be back as the bench boss for the Edmonton Oilers next season. And he used the word uh, sacrifice a lot in his press conference. He mentioned, um, here's a quote from him. One of the things I've asked my players through the years is to sacrifice, he said. Go to the minors, spend extra time in the minors, take a little bit less money. It's about sacrifice. If you're going to win, everyone has to sacrifice a little bit. Uh, he's not wrong there. Um, most of his players during the Red Wings, his Red Wings tenure, have sacrificed their salary, including Brendan Shanahan, who I think won three Stanley Cups with the Detroit Red, Red Wings. Um, he's just talking about how the players need to get more help in the minors. Uh, I think he's talking about Jesse Pugliarvi and Evan Bouchard two highly touted prospects. Uh, Pujarvi started off his career very, very early. He started in his first year, which was a no-no now, looking back at his development. Uh, and he's also saying to sacrifice, take a little bit of a pay cut and you're going to start winning championships. So uh, Ken Holland, the new GM of the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, some other news around the league. The Toronto Maple Leafs have a bunch of injuries going on right now. John Tavares left Team Canada and uh, Slovakia, after suffering an oblique injury in practice, who uh, Tavares ended up flying back home to Toronto, and he won't be joining Team Canada in that tournament. Uh, Zach Hyman is out six months with a torn ACL. Travis Dermott is out six months with a shoulder injury, and he's getting soldier, shirt, so, shoulder surgery um, tomorrow. And Austin Matthews is uh, he went under he underwent a small surgery. And a little side note about the Toronto Maple Leafs, it's been exactly 19,000 days since their last Stanley Cup victory, so 
kind of interesting yeah, there. It's a little bit sad. Great news to hear. Great news to hear. Um, not so great news to hear, actually. Moving on to the CWHL, that's the Women's Hockey League that took place in Canada. Um, a couple, I think it was a month ago that um, the league is seizing operations for next uh, year, resulting in about 200 professional women hockey players that are going to be going on strike this upcoming season, including players from the NWHL, which will start, which will still be running next season. Uh, Andrew has a lot to say about this, so Andrew, if you just want to give your uh, thoughts. Yeah, I want to start off by saying that there's not really a demand in women's sports compared to men's sports, and I think that's why the Canadian Women's Hockey League uh, is folding right now because they didn't have a, a whole lot of attendance out at their games. The average attendance at um, NWHL games, North, uh, sorry, um, National Women's Hockey League games, this past season was an average of 954 fans per game. The NHL average fan attendance in the regular season in 2017 and 2018 was 17,446. So that's a big difference there. That's like 17. The NHL has a huge advantage for uh, fan yeah. attendance there, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, quick little fact, the New York Islanders had a lowest average fan attendance per game this season at about 12,400 fans per game, which is still 12 times more than the NWHL had this past season. That's, that's a huge difference as well. Um, and I'm kind of sick of people arguing, uh, that, should be getting paid more than or um, about the same as men's professional athletes and I'm saying that because leagues need to um to take time to develop right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if we look at uh the NHL about 100 years ago in 1917 the very first one of the very first seasons when the NHL first started the highest paid player was Harry Cameron who played for uh Toronto who made $900 a year In 1915, the average salary in the U.S. was $687, so that's not too big of a difference there. The average female professional hockey player right now is earning an average of $10,000 a year, while the uh, average men's professional hockey player is making about $3 million a year, which is, that's obviously a huge difference as well, right? But that's only because there's no demand for women's hockey. The product is there, I think the skill is there, and women's uh, hockey players are very skilled. But there's no demand. We see this in um, average fan attendance per game, right? Like, there's just no demand at all. That's why women's hockey, professional women's hockey players are not making nearly as much or even close to what the average uh, professional hockey men's, the average men's professional hockey player uh, is making. So I think that women's sports leagues should not be worrying about competing against men's sports leagues no no but yeah, they yeah. should be they should focus more on developing their own leagues. exactly yeah they shouldn't be comparing um, themselves to professional sports leagues that are already developed because the nhl for example mm-hmm. uh, back in 1915 and or sorry 1917 1918 when the nhl first started the average nhl player sorry the highest paid nhl player was harry cameron who was making 900 dollars a year that's not a lot of money. So basically what I'm trying to say here is I know professional women's hockey needs to – they need to take time to develop their, their sport, 
take time to uh, reach out to fans, get more fans out to their games, and then that's when they'll start seeing uh, yep. a, pay, a pay increase, I guess. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think that the league, um, the CWHL was a great hockey league. Not, not many people watched it and cared about it, but I felt like it was a good group of women that played hockey. Um, it was obviously very shocking to see that the league is folding because um, the league was growing and it was starting its development into a bigger league. So uh, that's definitely bad news for women's hockey players. And yeah, like I, th- I think they just need um, more funding to reach out to, to fans yeah. and get them out to games. You know what I think uh, the hockey world should do? I think that the NHL should maybe get like an all-star game, a mixed all-star mm-hmm. game going in the summer where they have uh, like the biggest stars from the National Hockey League combining them with professional women's league uh, hockey players. And I think that would uh, bring more attraction to to uh, professional women's hockey. Or perhaps the NHL could also step in and uh, create their own women's professional league that's kind of associated with NHL teams because mm-hmm. maybe if the NHL stepped in a little bit and uh, yeah, there was more, sure. there was more like awareness for professional women's hockey, then fans would get out to games more and they would hopefully start to increase for professional women's hockey players. So yeah, there's a mushy boost there, I think. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Flager. Um, it definitely needs to grow more as a sport. You can't just start. Uh, you can't just start the league and hopefully it grows right the first year it starts. It's got to keep time and uh, players are getting better and players are getting worse. So hopefully uh, hopefully we see women's back on the big stage. Uh, we always see them in the Olympics and that's fun to watch, uh, especially Canada and the United States. But hopefully we see those individual players in the league back and running soon. This episode is brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Are you into prop betting or daily fantasy sports? Maybe both? I have some great news for you. BreakdownSports.com is partnering with a brand new company that combines daily fantasy sports with player props called Thrive Fantasy. It's really fun and the first of its kind. The way it works is you enter contests using your own lineup made of prop bets, and the more prop bets you guess correctly, the more points you get, which means the greater chance you have at winning money. If you deposit $10 now using our code BREAKDOWN, spelled B-R-K-D-W-N, or use the link found in our description, Thrive Fantasy will match your deposit with free $10 credit. Use our link or code and try it out now. Uh, moving on to now the playoffs. And we're going to be talking about the second round matchups that have already happened. Uh, we'll start off with the Boston Bruins and the Columbus Blue Jackets, who uh, just ended a couple days ago. And the Boston Bruins are moving on to the conference finals. Uh, they won their series 4-2, to two, so if... Uh, Andrew, do you just want to break it down, or do you want me to break it down? Oh, you break it down. Yeah, and we already uh, recapped game one, so I'll just tell you what happened there. The Boston Bruins ended up winning that game 3-2. to two. Uh, Charlie Coyle got the game winner in overtime. And then we're moving on to game two. Um, Columbus won the game 3-2 in overtime, actually, again, in overtime. Uh, Duchesne scored a power play goal in double overtime. Panarin scored two goals as well. Uh, Blue Jackets dominated this game, outshooting the Bruins 42-31 to 31 in this one. Uh, then moving on to Columbus, 2-1 win for Columbus. Duchesne scores his fifth of the playoffs back on the power play. And then, so now it's 2-1 Columbus in the series. Game four, 4-1 for Boston. Bergeron scores two. Rask makes 39 saves. Moving on to game three, now or game five, now it's tied. Bruins win this one 4-3. to three. 
Pasternak scores two goals and scores with one minute and 30 seconds left in the third period to break the Blue Jackets fans' hearts. Then it's going back to Nationwide Arena, Game 6, and the Bruins prevailed. They won the series, and they won the game 3-0. Shutout for Tuka Rask and David Krejci with the game-winning goal. As well in this game, a controversial hit by Charlie McAvoy to the head of Josh Anderson. And there was a two-minute penalty on the play. People should have thought it would have been more. I I certainly thought it was going to be a major penalty, five minutes. Uh, Charlie McAvoy was uh, suspended the next day by the NHL player safety. And uh, just your thoughts on that, Andrew. Yeah, I think it was definitely, I think it was actually, it should have been a game misconduct. It was definitely a major in my opinion. Um, McAvoy, he's had some lucky breaks in the playoffs with referees. Uh, we recall back to um, the Toronto Maple Leaf series, there was a little bit of foul play going on there and he never, never got punished as much as he should have. I might be biased because I'm a Leafs fan, but I think that that hit um, against Columbus in Game Six was definitely game misconduct worthy. Yep, hundred percent. He, uh, I don't think he meant to target the head, but he did end up jumping and hit Josh Anderson's head. Uh, they, I think, I assume uh, through the handshake line on the camera that these two solved it out. But next year, maybe Josh Anderson's going to be going for Charlie McAvoy, so we'll watch out for that one. Another series that just wrapped up in round two, the Carolina Hurricanes swept the New York Islanders. This was a little bit of a shock for everybody because the New York Islanders swept the Pittsburgh Penguins in the first round. Mm -hmm. And then they came out in the second round and ended up getting swept to the Carolina Hurricanes, which was very, very shocking. Uh, Game one, we covered that on our last episode. In game two, um, the Carolina Hurricanes won two to one. Warren Fogle scored his fifth goal of the playoffs. Uh, and Peter Mrazek also got hurt in this game, by the way. McElhinney ended up coming in and making 17 saves in his relief. And McElhinney's actually, in, he looked very, very uh, good in this series. Yeah. In game three, Carolina Hurricanes came out and beat the Islanders 5-2. to Tara Vinen scored two goals in that victory. Game four, the Carolina Hurricanes won 5-2 to again. Ended up sweeping the New York Islanders. Tara Vinen and Aho recorded two points each in that victory. And the Carolina Hurricanes are on a roll right now, heading into uh, the third round here, the Eastern Conference Finals against the Boston Bruins. Yep, uh, well, we're going to preview that series after uh, just the comment I'm going to make. Uh, the Carolina Hurricanes are playing unbelievable as a team. I think Rod Brendamore, um, his coaching style, all the players are definitely buying in. And they're doing this without Michael Furland, and people may not think Michael Furland's that good of a player, but he is. He does make an impact on the game. Uh, he's a great hitter. Uh, you can guess get a goal from him once in a while. Um, and they're doing this without him, and they did some of these without Andrei Svechnikov, who got an injury in the first round to in a fight with Alexander Ovechkin. So I think the Hurricanes are, I mean, they're definitely a great team. They're buying into the system. They're all skilled guys, and Curtis McElhaney um, definitely came into this series very shockingly because no one expected Curtis McElhaney to play like he's playing, but he is, and I think Peter Mrazek will be back tonight for Game 1, but we shall see. So uh, we'll break down the third-round series and give our predictions. So, Blake, you just want to mention the season series. Uh, yeah, obviously we already mentioned it, Carolina versus Boston. Uh, the season series, the Bruins won 2-1. to one. In game one of this season series, the Bruins won three to two in Carolina. Game two, Carolina won five to three at home. 
and in Game 3, the Bruins won 4-3 in overtime at home. The goals in this series is actually tied 10-10, which we haven't we haven't had that yet in the season series for any of our, our playoff previews. Mm-hmm. Kind of interesting. Yep. Uh, I mean, what can you expect? We're, no one expected a wildcard team to beat the first seed in the division. And look at the Carolina Hurricanes. They're here. Uh, the Boston Bruins prevailed against the Maple Leafs. They prevailed against the Columbus Blue Jackets. And now they're in a series with the Carolina Hurricanes, who are fun to watch. Um, If I were to give my prediction right now, I think the Bruins win this one. Uh, I don't know how many games, because I usually get that wrong, and I usually get the team that's winning who's wrong. Uh, I'm going to say Bruins in six. Uh, Six is a safe bet. Um, The Bruins have home ice. I think it's going to matter a bit, just because the Boston fans cheer on their team whenever they can. Um, the Bruins have three good players, uh, Patrice Bergeron, David Pasternak, and Brad Marchand. Uh, those are three really good players to bet on if you want points from the Boston Bruins scoring. Uh, McAvoy won't be in game one because he's suspended. Uh, Connor Clifton's going to go in there. Um, yeah, I think the Boston Bruins are going to win this series and go to the Stanley Cup final. I like that prediction, Thomas. I'm going to go with the Bruins in seven. I think this is going to be a very close series. I know that the Boston Bruins are favored pretty heavily heading into this uh, Eastern Conference Finals. I think they were uh, mm-hmm. minus 150 favorites on my bookie or something like that. Yep. Um, I think that's a little bit much, though. I think this is going to go to seven games. I think it's going to be a close series. Uh, the Carolina Hurricanes team defense is very, very impressive. If you look at every single player in their active lineup right now are all – that have a, have a positive plus minus, which is the only team in the uh, left in the Stanley Cup Finals, right? Or sorry, in the Stanley Cup playoffs right now, with um, every player in their active roster to have a positive plus minus, which I think is very impressive on the Carolina Hurricanes' end. Uh, but I think that at the end of the day, Boston Bruins' experience and their top line of Marchand, Pasternak, and Patrice Bergeron are going to explode in this series and I think they're gonna take off and end up winning this in seven I think it's gonna be a close series though yeah um we talked about the experience part when Pittsburgh played the New York Islanders and we said that well I I at least said that that Pittsburgh was going to dominate just based on experience uh the Boston Bruins definitely have way more experience than the Carolina Hurricanes in these parts um but you never know what the Carolina Hurricanes can do they got very surprising players um Jacob Slavin's leading their team in points with 11 points, 11 assists, zero goals. Um, I'm pretty sure he's actually, uh, his time on ice is 26 minutes per game, which is incredible. Uh, Over 26, Yeah, that's, 36. That's, that's insane. Uh, and he's not doing it alone. Dougie Hamilton, his D partner, is um, helping him a lot. He has seven points in 11 games. He has seven points, but he is a defenseman, so you got to remember that. Um, Tavo Teravine in nine points in 11 games. And I just want to say a quick word about their captain, Justin Williams. Um, yeah, he may not be the best player for the Carolina Hurricanes in this playoffs, but he's definitely telling the young players and giving them thought, um, tips and tricks on how to win in these types of games in these series. Uh, he's definitely going to be a b- big factor in this conference finals matchup versus the Bruins, and we shall see tonight. I think, um, a bit off topic, but I think the Carolina Hurricanes are very close group yeah. of guys off the ice as well. I saw Jordan Martinook posted a, like an Instagram story. I think it was uh, today, actually, this afternoon. 
basically all the Carolina Hurricanes were playing poker together. And I feel like that's not the case in um, most franchises. I think there's a, like some groups that kind of form, but kind of kind of neat that the Carolina Hurricanes are, are close like that. Yep, and they're going to have to get also, more closer than ever this series. So, I also wanted to mention that um, Curtis McElhaney has been great in this yeah. for the in the three games that he he did play against the Islanders in round two. He currently has a one point five six goals against average. He's only led in four goals against in three games, which is amazing, and his save percentage is point nine four seven, which is that's wow. Like for a backup goalie coming in and relieving. Uh, Peter Mrazek for the Carolina Hurricanes. That's that's impressive. He was a big part of their their success there and uh, their series sweep against the Islanders in the second round. Yep, and uh, on to the other side. I think we're just going to talk about that. The Western Conference uh, in the second round, the Colorado Avalanche versus the San Jose Sharks. Um, the San Jose Sharks ended up winning this series in Game Seven. Uh, it was definitely a great series to watch. I don't know if you watched it in um in depth but it was definitely a great fun series to watch um i'm pretty sure we covered game one in this series so we'll just go from there uh game two four three win for the avs mckinnon scored barry gets his first of the playoffs and burns actually recorded three points in this loss um we'll talk about him after uh, game three four two win for san jose couture with his first ever career playoff hat trick and then mckinnon scored another goal in a loss there um, game four, three nothing win for the Avalanche. McKinnon scores again, <laughs> and then Grubauer earns his. Uh, I think that was his first ever shutout in the playoffs, and made thirty two saves in that win. Game five, two one win for the San Jose Sharks. McKinnon doesn't score, but Thomas Hurdle on the other side scores two goals, and that gives him eight in the playoffs right now. Game six, four three overtime win for the Avs. Uh, that was a clutch win and a clutch player. Gabriel Landeskog scored the overtime winner to force game seven and defenseman Vlasic scored two goals as well, as well as Comfer on the other side. Uh, then moving on to game seven, winner takes all and uh, the Sharks prevailed. They won three, two in this one. Joe Pavelski uh, scored the goal. First goal of the game after missing six games with a gruesome injury. He suffered in game seven versus the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, Jonas Donskoy actually appeared in this playoffs. He scored his first goal in 39 games and ended up being the game winning goal. On the other side, uh, early in the third period, Tyson Yo scored his, in his third straight game, so good for him. That's definitely a bright spot. And there's uh, there was a lot of worry at the beginning of the game. Uh, Nathan McKinnon went crashing into the boards. Uh, it looked like he suffered a gruesome shoulder injury, but he later returned in the first period and looked like his normal self. Um, that was kind of like the Austin Matthews play against Jacob Truba, although he didn't hit the boards, but McKinnon looked like he had a bad shoulder injury. I wouldn't be surprised if news comes out later today or maybe tomorrow or in the coming weeks that Nathan McKinnon suffered a bad shoulder injury. But There, there was news. It. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but there was news that came out today. Um, someone, a reporter, asked McKinnon about his shoulder injury, and he said that it was uh, – he ended up straining his shoulder. I'm mm. not sure, that, like, the, the major details on it. I don't know, like, what degree of yeah, strain yeah. or anything like that. But he, um, he ended up straining his shoulder, and he said that he got shot up to freeze his shoulder and ended up coming out in, um, li- like later in, in the first period. He didn't want to miss Game 7. He wanted to be there for his team. Obviously, and yeah, McKinnon, 
definitely showed himself, showed the world that um, he's definitely there for one of the best players in the National Hockey League, and he didn't want to miss this Game 7 for anything. Um, I'm just going to talk about the San Jose Sharks just for a bit. They're moving on to the conference final, and they have five players with double digits and points, and I'll just name them. Logan Couture, 14 points in 14 games. Thomas Hurdle, 14 points in 14 games. Uh, Brent Burns, 14 points in 14 games. Eric Carlson, 12 points in 14 games. And then Timo Meyer, 10 points in 14 games. So the San Jose Sharks are a deadly offensive team. Uh, their big guns are definitely stepping up. Uh, they may not have the best depth scoring in the NHL playoffs, but their, de- their good players are stepping up for them when they're needed, and they are. Uh, Logan Couture is showing himself that he's actually one of the most underrated centermen in the National Hockey League. Um, I, th- I saw a stat from Sportsnet one game that they were covering. I think Logan Couture has the second most goals in the playoffs in the last, last decade behind Alexander Ovechkin, which is crazy. That's insane. That's an interesting stat. Uh, I don't know if you watched this series, but Brent Burns seemed like he was always freaking on the ice. He's yeah. av- he average he right now in the playoffs he's averaging twenty nine minutes and twelve seconds. That's crazy per game. That's, that's literally almost half the game. That's that's crazy, and that's probably um, a big reason why he also has fourteen points in fourteen games. Yeah, yeah, because he's always out there dominating. That's impressive to play almost thirty minutes a night in the playoffs. That's crazy. Yeah, and he's relied upon a craft ton for their team. Even Carlson too. Uh, Carlson seems to be playing injured actually, but he looks like Eric Carlson, so there's no issue with that. Um, also, move uh, Brent Burns. If I said he was, I was going to mention a stat on him. Uh, he recorded ten points in this in the seven game series with the Colorado Avalanche, and that has to do with his twenty nine minutes on the ice. So average ice time. Uh, moving on to the next series, uh, Flager, just cover this one. Yeah, let's move on to the Blues and Stars uh, series. The St. Louis Blues ended up winning this series in seven games. Game one of the series we already covered on our last episode. Game two, the Stars won 4-2. to two. Uh, Hines scored two goals and Schwartz added another tally uh, for five goals in the playoffs. In game three of this series, the Blues won 4-3. to three. Schwartz scored again. Six goals in the playoffs now, and Maroon scored with under two minutes in the third period to win the game for the St. Louis Blues. Uh, there was a little flopping incident by S.L. Lindell. Thomas, what do you have to say about that? I know you have yeah, some, some Yeah, when I was that. watching it, um, when I was watching, I definitely thought it was a cross-checking penalty to Robert Bortuzzo, 100%. But when I saw the instant replay... Uh, Essa Lindell um, gave us his best Neymar impression, and he dove three times right in front of the referee. Uh, I don't think the initial call was to Essa Lindell. I think it was just to Robert Bortuzzo in the cross check on his, um, I think it was on his ribs or something like that. And then after his second dive, Essa Lindell headed to the bo- was heading to the box because the referee um, lifted up his arm, and he got a diving penalty. Uh, people should have thought this should have been fine-worthy for Essa Lindell because it was three flops in a row and it was definitely blatant uh, towards the referee. Um, I don't know what you think about that. I don't, I mean, yeah, I don't should, probably should have got a fine, but. I don't think you should get fined for that, for flopping. Why, I mean, why would you get fined for that? If you're trying to intentionally hurt someone, that's different. Sure, fine player, but 
for flopping, don't find the player. I don't know why people were upset about that. That's just my opinion on it. But uh, I know others are going to have many different takes. But that is unacceptable. Like, why the hell mm-hmm. are you flopping? Especially yeah. in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Like, it's tough hockey. It's full speed. It's hard out there. And I don't know why the hell he, he was flopping. But yeah. whatever. Anyways, let's continue. Game four in this series. The Dallas Stars ended up winning 4-2. to two. Hines scored his fifth goal of the playoffs. And the Blues... Uh, forward Vladimir Tarasenko also scored his fifth goal of the playoffs in this in this game. Uh, game five, the Stars won two to one. Jason Spezza scored in his second straight game. Schwartz scored again and ended up scoring his seventh goal in uh, game five. Game six, the Blues ended up winning four to one. Alex Petrangelo scored a minute into the game, and Jaden Schwartz scored again. He has eight in the playoffs. Ben Bishop was nicked up in the third period and ended up getting pulled after um, the Blues' fourth goal. And in Game 7 of the series, do or die, the Blues ended up winning 2-1 in overtime. Hometown hero Pat Maroon scored the OT winner, and the shots on goal in this game were 54-30 to for the St. Louis Blues. Difference right there. Dallas had four shots, uh, not, not looking good on the Dallas Stars end. They did not look great in that game seven. No, they did not. And uh, two members of the Dallas Stars team, Rupe Hints, uh, he played game seven with a broken foot. Uh, it, the trainers, I think, came out after the game and said that his foot was iced up from beginning to end. So good for Rupe Hints on playing game seven because that's definitely tough to play through. And Matthias Janmark actually broke his foot in March. And played through that until he was eliminated in Game 7. So good for him on doing that as well. Um, we're seeing a bit of a trend in the last couple of years that players, no matter the injury, they just want to play hockey and they want to win the Stanley Cup as much as anyone else does in the league. And uh, we're seeing that trend continue with all these injuries that people, um, the players are playing with. And I'm not going to be surprised if news comes out that their opponent on the other side, the San Jose Sharks defenseman, Eric Carlson, is playing with a broken foot. So... We shall see. Yeah, let's break down that series a little bit, Thomas. Yeah, and in the season series, the Blues, uh, in the game one, they actually won 4 nothing on November 9th, a long time ago. Then a couple weeks later, the Sharks won in the Shark Tank. They won 4 nothing on November 17th. That is my birthday, so that's why the Sharks won. Uh, and then the Sharks won again. They won in overtime 3-2 on March 9th, just recently. And the goals in this season series were 11 to 10 for the Sharks, so a close matchup. But in the first two games, there was actually no goals from the other side, four uh, nothing and four nothing. So we could be seeing a very close series now. Um, we could be seeing a lot of goals scored in this series. Um, Martin Jones hasn't been amazing, and Jordan Bennington. I think Jordan Bennington has been really, really solid for the Blues, but um, he could. He could get nervous under the pressure, and he doesn't usually get nervous because he's cool as a cucumber, but we'll see in the third-round matchup. I like that, cool as a cucumber. Yeah, Jordan Bennington has been very, very impressive. Uh, He currently has a 2.39 goals against average. He's led in 32 goals against in uh, the playoffs so far, and his save percentage is .915, which isn't not an outstanding save percentage number, but it's still pretty decent. Yeah. Solid. Um, if we want to give our predictions, I have no idea who's going to win this series because it's just like both teams are just built to play against each other. 
I think they're both top heavy and they both have good amount of depth. Um, uh, I mean, you don't know who you're gonna go with, do you? Don't? Yeah, I don't know what I'm gonna go with because I took the I took the Jets against the Blues, just thinking that the Blues, um, their magic would end, but it hasn't, and they're in the third round. Um, They've been one of the best teams in the NHL since like exactly January, mid January. Since the All-Star break, basically, they've been the top team. And there's also good storylines in this series, too. you got Joe Pavelski injured in Game 7 against Vegas. you got Jumbo Joe hunting for his first Stanley Cup. you got the St. Louis Blues, who have not won a cup in their franchise history. Uh, they made a lot of moves this offseason to be where they want to be right now. And they were also in last place on, in January, on January 3rd of 2019. And that's a great storyline. If we're gonna put me under the pre- I'm under the pressure right now, I'm gonna say the Blues are gonna win this series and they're gonna to go to the finals versus the Boston Bruins. Uh, I'm gonna take the Blues in seven games because I think these two teams just match up great against each other and they're gonna go at it all series long. Well, Thomas, you made the wrong pick. The San Jose Sharks are gonna win this series, and I think this is gonna to go to six games. Uh, I don't think the St. Louis Blues have. Um, they do have a very talented front end. Their forwards are all very talented. Um, I don't think they match up great against San Jose's defense. And I think San Jose's forwards have the upper hand in this series against uh, the St. Louis Blues D-line. They don't have any – they have Alex Petrangelo, Colton Perico, uh, Jay Bomeister, Joel Edmondson, uh, Vince Dunn, and Carl Gunnarsson, who I don't think – I don't think they match up very well against the San Jose Sharks offense. And the San Jose Sharks offense, as we've seen, has been very, 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 um, like, on the go. They're putting up points. Yeah. They've, they're they in full force right now. They're rolling. And I think the San Jose Sharks are going to come through and win in six in this series. Uh, the reason why I said that these two teams match up great against each other is – I was mentioning towards the forward groups of the teams. Um, when their depth is going, their depth is going on both sides. When their top players are going, the other top players are going to be going. Um, Braden Shen hasn't been amazing in the Stanley Cup playoffs, but he looked very, very good in Game 7 against Dallas. Um, I think the um, the winner for this series needs to have their top guys going. Um, obviously, the San Jose Sharks' top players are going right now, and they're definitely taking them to the place they want to go. Uh, for the St. Louis Blues, that needs to happen in order for them to go to the finals, which I have them going to. Uh, their top guys need to be their top guys, and they need to be good on the power play. And they just need to have good goaltending from Jordan Bennington, which I think they're going to get. So um, whatever team goes to the finals, San Jose or St. Louis, I don't really care because there's both great storylines on either side. And I think that both teams need their first cup, and that would be exciting to see. So, hopefully. And we've mentioned on this podcast before, but Joe Thornton yeah. is also aging. He's almost at the end of his career there, and he hasn't won a cup yet. Um, even though the San Jose Sharks have made the playoffs a bunch of times with him in their roster, they haven't been able to come through and win the Stanley Cup. So, that would be nice to see Joe Thornton win. Uh, we've talked about it before. I think, Man, we've been talking about that since like our second or third episode. How we yeah. want to see Joe Thornton win a cup. Mm-hmm. That'll, and you, that'll you look good on his resume. Yeah, no, I'm a big Joe Thornton fan. Um, I I really want to see him win a cup, and I think majority of the hockey world does. I'm sure yeah. as well. Exactly. 
Are you looking to sign up with the online sportsbook for the first time or just looking to place bets through an online sportsbook? The Breakdown has you covered. Check out mybookie.ag and use our code BRKDWN. Again, BRKDWN. And you will get a 50% off bonus on your deposit up to $100. That means if you deposit $100 using our code, you get $50 free. Again, use our code BRKDWN on my bookie now. And um, I think that's it for today's episode, but we will mention uh, some quick things. Our, again, our lousy, lousy playoff record. Just like if we were to become analysts, I think everyone would just hate us because we're always wrong. So it's a good thing uh, we're not yet. <laughs> it's a good thing we're not there yet, right? Um, yeah. If you just want to mention our records again. Uh, well, I'm a little bit embarrassed to do this, but in round one, Thomas and I both had one and seven records. And in round two, however, I kind of turned things around. I went three and one. The only series that I got wrong was um, the Islanders getting swept to the Carolina Hurricanes. That was a little mm-hmm. bit of a shock. Yep. Thomas, you ended up getting both Eastern Conference series wrong. So you went two and two in round two. So I am currently up. Um, by I have a game in hand right now in our Battle of the Bud segment. So yeah. uh, if, if we do tie, I, we, just a quick mention, if we do indeed tie at the end of the Stanley Cup final, I will be the winner of this Battle of the Bud segment because I guessed the correct amount of games between the San Jose Sharks and the Vegas Golden Knights. So just mentioning that, that to you guys. Yes, uh, yeah, we did. Um, we agreed that that would be the tiebreaker. And then on to some last words we have here. Um, I released Canada and Russia articles for the Double IHF World Hockey Championship uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, those are getting some buzz because the tournament is starting tomorrow. I couldn't be more excited for that. Uh, Canada will play against Finland to open up their game, uh, open up the tournament. Uh, John Tavares won't be part of their team, but I'm still excited to see what Canada can do. So that starts tomorrow, and I will be covering that tournament as much as uh, possible. So stay tuned for that. And I want to shout out Thomas quickly because his um, double IHF articles, the Canadian uh, lineup predictions and uh, the Russian uh, lineup announcement went viral, not viral, but you got um, some pop- a lot of views there, Thomas, yeah. on those two articles. So I want to shout out you quickly. You've been uh, putting in a lot of work and yeah, so follow us. Follow us on Twitter at the Breakdown Sports if you're not doing that already, and um, check out thebreakdown.com for lots more sport con- sports content, not just hockey content. We have everything from hockey, basketball, baseball, mm-hmm. uh, football, everything, anything you think of, we probably cover it. Yeah, and then just a quick mention to a crazy last two days in the Champions League. Um, Liverpool obviously came back against Barcelona. They shocked them. And then Tottenham, your team, Flager, your team. Yes. I'm surprised you haven't mentioned them yet. They came yes. back. Yes. Well, we're a hockey podcast. That's why I haven't mentioned it yet. But, man, like, I couldn't believe that. I didn't actually get to watch that game. I couldn't find a stream for it online. And they weren't um, – airing it on Sportsnet or TSN, which are my local uh, sports networks that I mm-hmm. watch sports on. None of those sports networks were covering it, so I didn't get to watch the game. But when Tottenham went down, 
two nothing. Yeah. I thought that was it. I thought they were done. I was kind of embarrassed for them because they're a top Premier League team, one of the top Premier League teams. Yep. Um, who do end up choking a lot, but uh, <laughs> it's not talking about that too much. Anyways, when they went down to nothing, I thought that was it. I thought they were gonna get kicked out of the Champions League, and they Same. ended up coming back. That was great. Like, I'm still shocked. I can't believe it. Anyways, so Liverpool's gonna be playing Tottenham in the Champions League finals. So, looking forward to that. Yeah, that will take place, I believe, in June. So we'll. Uh, I think that actually is the weekend after the Stanley Cup final would end. So that's going to be a packed sports week for us and for Seabass, uh, head of uh, soccer. So stay tuned for that. Um, I think that's it for episode number 11 of the End to End Puck Talk podcast. As always, I'm Thomas Vestu. Alongside me is Andrew Flager. And we will be back next week for more NHL content.